Entrepreneur Productions. Find your voice. Hey everyone, it's your boy, A. Cray. Welcome to the first official episode of the Half Class Podcast, a Dungeons and Dragons live play podcast. I'll be your host slash dungeon master throughout this campaign. Uh, in a few minutes, we're going to play the intros of our players' characters, and then afterwards, they're going to join us and talk a little bit more about their characters. In case you haven't already heard, our players are Dietrich Heiss, Chris Ogden, and Thomas the Train Williams. Uh, but before we get to them, I'd like to say that if you've never played or watched people play D&D before, just think of it as an audiobook where the narrator will screw up and occasionally swear. Uh, D&D is basically collaborative storytelling with dice rolling and, of course, role playing. Uh, you'll definitely catch on quick. Uh, we plan to release content on a weekly basis every Monday at 12 a.m. so that if you're working, say, a third shift job, you'll have plenty of time to listen. As long as you have free time, I suppose, or earbuds. Um, all right, now to get you familiar with the world before we meet the old squad, here is a little bit of the lore. All right, so. Aorus was once a land of the arcane and diversity up until about a century ago. The Pangea that was Aorus had inner conflicts toward magic, and that conflict was that some were gifted to wield the power and naturalized it into their everyday lives, and the others had deemed it unnatural by the gods. More specifically, the god of strength and storms, known as Kord. When the Arcanists were told to discontinue their use and study of this magic, they fought back and in turn, a war began. A little over four years passed and the non-magical users of the nation of Arkansas were prevailing in the war. The other three nations, Farcrest, Alephia, and Ulboro, had allied to use what arcane magic they had left to shatter the ground and separate the battlefield. Aorus, as it were, became four great continents taking the names of the nations, so Farcrest, Elephia, Ulboro, and of course, Arkansas. Uh, there were more consequences to using such an enormous amount of energy at once than just the land splitting, however. Uh, climates changed as the oceans divided, many lakes and rivers have dried up and become deserts, and the magic on the material plane has all but disappeared, leaving magical and many folk feeble and weak. 100 years have passed since this new divide, and the lands are still at war, and the people all on edge as they've been attempting to learn how to live and trust again. But at the same time, there is a sense of warmth as magic has finally returned. Now that you know about the world's lore, we're going to jump right into the player's character's lore by queuing up these intros. <laughs> Who am I? Well, they call me Salem the Juggernaut, also known as the Bane of Bandits, the Champion of Ubero, the Slayer of both man and monster alike. Hmm, you seem unimpressed. Well, suffice to say, my legend has yet to spread to this continent. So I suppose it's time to create new legends, fight new monsters, find new... Th what? Oh, you, you just wanted my name? Salem. Hi! The wonderful halfling Lingling here. Where to start? Ah, my father. Yeah, I don't know much about him, except that he was a dragon. He was slain shortly after I was conceived. I'm from a small village very much against baby-making dragons. They shunned my mother and she dragged me with her. 
I just want to know my father, but he's deader than hip-hugger. So I seek vengeance and possibly restitutions for my father and recently deceased mother. She wasn't murdered, though. She just got old and sick and gross and died. Love you, Mama. Well, come to think of it, maybe she was murdered. She did always say we had to watch our backs. Is a knife in the back a natural cause of death? Well, anyways, I fear that whatever killed my father and maybe mother are after me as well. I'm ready if they are. I want answers and revenge. I will not stop, except to smell the flowers, until I get it. Oh, I was also engaged once, but I cheated with a goblin slave. We don't talk about that, though. Magic, huh? The zone of truth. Well, I guess I can't blame you. Knights of Gladiator would have done a lot worse than that. The truth is important. So you want to know about me? I already told you. Sir Gorham the Blade, Knight of Gladiator. It's right there in the name. It's all you need to know. I mean, that's the whole point of like all these titles. Okay, all right. I was raised poor, middle of nowhere, big family. Uh, around three, Father O'Bannon found me, brought me to the church, raised me. My parents did not mind. They, uh, it's just another mouth they didn't have to feed, you know what I'm saying? And they put me in school. Father O'Bannon taught me how to read, write, and then the academy taught me everything else. Graduated MAC, top of my uh, second, <laughs> second in my class. That's actually a funny story. Um, yeah, so final test. Uh, the academy puts you through an obedience discipline, right? You're in a room with a sword and a rope. And they tell you to go cut the rope. So you walk in, you go over the rope, but uh, you see that this rope is going through a hole in the floor. And I look through the hole, and there's a troll on the other end, tethered to the rope. And he's standing outside this girl's house on the edge of the village. And the girl's sitting in the window, hasn't noticed the troll yet. She's reading a book. And no one is near. Alarm's not been sounded. It would take at least half an hour for anybody from the village to arrive in time. So we know that's not going to happen. So I jump through the hole and land on top of the troll. And the troll is scared half to death. And then I get him the other half of the way there with my sword. And I climb back up the rope and I cut the rope. And I guess that wasn't good enough because I got an F. <laughs> oh well, uh, yeah, so I thought that was at least worth a C for the effort, whatever. Anyways. Second's pretty good, and I wasn't going to get first anyways. Lance is such an overachiever. He's always, always getting first. Good guy, though. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you guys have anything that you guys want to talk about specifically? To, do you want to talk about Salem? Do you want to talk about Ling Ling uh, or Gorham? Uh, who wants to go first? Well, I guess uh, I think Salem's had the least amount of info in it. Yeah, probably. It's probably a so good we thing. We don't know to, much about you. I don't yeah, know. I'm really curious like? as to exactly how your mother was impregnated. That to me <laughs> seems like my a mother? looming issue at hand. 
Yeah, yeah, we're talking about my hair color, and we got a fucking guy <laughs> fucked a dragon over here. <laughs> no, so uh, the way that the half dragon thing works out is that. Uh, oh my gosh, um, he knows. Yeah, I I looked it up before I did all this. <laughs> they uh, they actually transform into like the dragon would have transformed into a halfling to perform the sexual act, and then half dragons are born from that. Oh. So it's almost like a shape changer, shape yeah. shifter. Yeah. Oh, that's that's whack. That's whack, man. And they killed him for it. A dragon that can turn into anything and he gets killed because he bangs someone's. Well, I guess she wasn't my mother until after he banged her, but whatever. And this is the voice of Ling Ling. So if in case nobody knows, this is what he sounds like actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess we should do some introductions. Hi, I'm Dietrich. I'm uh, the voice you just heard of Sir Gorham the Blade. I'm Thomas, and I am the voice of Ling Ling. I'm Chris. <laughs> I'm the voice of Salem the Juggernaut. And I am Aaron, the Dungeon Master slash Disaster Tour Guide. Um, slash Daddy. Slash Daddy. <laughs> I um, love you, Daddy. <laughs> I just call him Mark Ruffalo. Do you? Why? <laughs> no, but there's so many daddy memes about Mark Ruffalo did not make that reference. That's fair. He does have a lot of daddy memes right now. Um, so let, let's talk about Salem a little bit. Uh, since since they were right, you did uh, you did have like a a little less on the info side. What, what does Salem look like? Salem is uh, he's a little over six foot. He's built. He's about in his mid forties, probably. He's got uh, brown hair with streaks of gray in it. Uh, salt and pepper beard. Uh, he's got a, a nice scar over his right eye, uh, going through his uh, his eyebrow. What kind um, of scar? Like uh, like obviously like a claw mark. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, he has the absolute best smile you've ever seen in your life. Uh, he's dashingly handsome. He always wears really nice, fancy clothes. Uh, no, he doesn't even fool with armor anymore. He doesn't need it. Um, except for his helmet. He always wears his, uh, his lucky helmet. What's the helmet look like? It is, uh, it's like a white gold with, uh, with actual, uh, gold colored <laughs> gold around the trimming. Ah. Uh, and when he puts it on, his eyes glow bright red. Okay. Almost Oh, dang. Is that like an in, incantation? Like, is, or is that like actually his eyes slash tied in with his race? Wouldn't you like to know? No, it's <laughs> no, bro. It's the it's the helmet. Okay, wow. But just don't really tell anybody. We'll we'll keep that between us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, I'm also never know. I'm also curious about what Ling Ling looks like. Yes. Considering tiny. Well, I'm sure. Um, but considering, like, does is he scaly? Is he is he more halfling looking, or does he? What's his resemblance? He's to very dragon? halfling looking. Um, you'd really only be able to tell that he's half dragon, you know, if he's uh, his dick. Yeah, yeah. If he's naked, you'll be able to see that he has a dragon penis, big giant dragon yeah. floppy penis. Yeah. No, he's got he's got scales, not covering his body, but they're noticeable. And then he has a tail, so which he keeps hidden under his clothes. He's lucky enough to look halfling enough so that people don't know that he's a half dragon because 
where he is from that is not looked on. It's looked down upon. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, Sir Gorham. What does Sir Gorham look like? Ah, you know, nothing really big or important. Like, nothing like these guys, you know. (laughs) He's just a human fighter, and he's got really close-cropped, buzz-cut, almost, like, flat-top marine-type-looking hair, um, clean-shaven, Really tall, uh, very muscular, very athletic. Um, can clearly squat like four times his weight. You know, like just quads for days. Uh, but beyond that, so very average looking. Um, there's nothing that makes him stand out. Young, fresh-faced marine. That's it's kind of his appearance. Uh, he typically wears the armor of a knight of gladiator. Um, and that, that can vary from night to night depending on their specialty. But uh, his specialty is the sword, so it's going to be um, pretty straightforward um, uh, breastplate armor and uh, like a, two shoulder pads that have like a gold lining. Um, and, and that's kind of the signature Knight of Gladier appearance, that gold lining around most of their armor yeah pretty straightforward guy very simple gotcha so he's kind of like an average joe but a little bit less average he's an average joe with a really complicated like emotional psyche he clearly doesn't talk about his problems enough an average gi joe He's, oh. Yeah, he's an average G.I. Joe. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah. So, did you guys have any inspirations going into making these characters? Like, were you like, you know what, this character, or this this person in this movie or TV show was really, really cool, and it, it kind of gave me the idea for anything like this. What were your inspirations? Well, I just wanted to do something that I've never done before. And then uh, I was just scrolling through the books, and I came across the... Uh, monster half dragon and i was like i could make an actual character out of this and so Mm -hmm. that's that's basically how i came across it and how i want to do it and then uh obviously i've well you know me i've never done anything other than a half orc barbarian pretty much so (laughs) yeah you've always kind of been the the fighter fight or die um but it's kind of interesting yeah it's kind of interesting to see you play a a smaller character 40 pound halfling yeah exactly (laughs) And not only that, but your your character is, I mean, your character is going to not only have like the strength to basically keep up, but it's it's a halfling, so it's extremely nimble. Yep. Which I think is going to be really cool. Um, and yes, yeah, so for anybody listening, that is a uh, a race that we had worked on. It is a uh, homebrewed. Um, we basically worked on some of the stats. And uh, basically formed them. It's almost like a uh, sorceress, like a draconic ancestry version of a halfling. So it's it just basically gives a little bit extra bonuses toward yeah. uh, dragon. Not, not quite a dragonborn, but it's yeah. It, it's it has its similarities. Exactly. I don't remember exactly what we did different, but it is its own. Definitely, you know, its own thing. Chris, did Salem have any inspiration? Uh, did you get that from anything specifically, or did you just come up with that one off the top? I, I feel like in the past, um, 
I've played characters that weren't super uh, like I would always play characters that got made fun of that were like uh, the butt of jokes. Like uh, like I'd be made fun of because I'm short or I'm uh, I, I'm uh, annoying. Uh, so I wanted to play a character that was just so unbelievably amazing that no one could ever make fun of him. And I dare you to try. Oh, man. It's impossible. Yeah. I'm sure Ling Ling will come up with something. It becomes a challenge. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> I like that it literally was like we went from uh, from him playing somebody who was small into somebody who was like bigger. Yeah. And we swapped Thomas roles. is going to be a small character, but he's going to still make fun of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also enjoy that the level of confidence that Chris brings into this is the same level of confidence he brings into most every performance he's done. Yeah. Like, I, like, he plays the confident character to a T, which is just remarkable in my mind. I always, I, I'm envious of all of his characters. I wish I could come in with that kind of authority in just any day life. He's, he's very confident <laughs> um, and competent. Um, so, uh, Dietrich, tell us a little bit about uh, Sir Gorham. Did you have any inspirations for him? Yeah, I did. Um, okay, before I reveal my my tricks, my trade, I have to say everybody takes influence from other people, other characters, other other writers. Absolutely. So please don't. I don't. I don't need to be added about getting ri- like ripping people off or uh, whatever. Don't leave those comments Dietrich. to yourself. Don't add me. Okay, <laughs> but you can find me at not exchange kid twitter look me up um i i I think i think the biggest influence for me for this character was frank castle um from the punisher specifically the punisher series on netflix with marvel i thought that was that was just really good you know like this ex-marine um just really torn apart by his own um kind of seeking revenge, etc. And then I scaled it way back in accordance to the character that I was playing, like this young guy, and just thought, okay, what would Frank Castle be like as as a young guy that just got into the Marines and, you know, he's got all the promise in the world that he's going to make a great soldier and his, you know, sergeants love him, but he's dealing with all this pressure. And what would that look like? So that's what I was trying to do with uh, with my character, I guess. So he's more of a John Bernthal uh, Punisher than the the original, is what you're right. That's cool because yeah. I really like John Bernthal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's amazing. And I think the accent that you're putting on him, the little twist that you're adding, I think it's going to really, really add some uh, some depth to it too. Um, It'll add some character to your character. It kind of reminds me of like, uh, like you ever like think about the old timey gangs in like where they're like like the Jets, mm-hmm. they're like snapping at you. I kind of imagine him as like one of the background characters who made it to the top. Like <laughs> that's like he was like he became the the head of the gang is what it sounds like. It, he's just like this really skilled warrior. But, like, back then, he was just the dude who kept getting slapped in the back of the head for for doing perverted things. <laughs> yeah, that's that's him. That's him to a T. But he'd be really bashful about all this uh, perversion, I gotta say. He's, uh, that, that, kind sure. of talk, that kind of talk puts uh, some blush on his cheeks. I'm sure. I, oh, go ahead. 
I, I, I was uh, I was really impressed with the character voice and uh, the general character in general uh, with mm-hmm. your intro. Um, I, I, I thought it was really interesting that you your your character is basically almost a foil for uh, for my character Salem, who is so boastful and so confident about how amazing he is and all of these incredible things that he's done. And then there's you, who does things like climb down a rope and fight a troll and then climb back up like it's nothing and you're just like oh yeah it just happened it's just my job whatever that is so true i had not Mm -hmm. thought of that yeah like we we have the exact opposite approach yeah yeah the average joe next to the performer kind of like situation (laughs) but just to clear things up i'm nobody's foil okay just want that to be known (laughs) right off the bat all right um, so, so we've talked a little bit about you guys as characters. We've talked about like what you guys look like. Um, do you guys have anything that you guys want to talk about, like Aorus? Do you have any questions on that? So many. Oh my gosh. Okay. It sounds so, like it. Yeah. There's. I guess there's so many questions I have going into this. Like, what is it gonna look like? Um, from a role-playing perspective and from a mechanics perspective to have magic coming back into the world. Like, are wizards going to be p- popping up out of thin air? Um, yeah, it just that sounds pretty bizarre. Is it going to be, like, coming through, like, people that are being born? Like, new wizards are being born? Or... So magic is basically it was basically taken back to the Feywild as everything happened, and this was a hundred years ago. Um, uh, the head of the Knights of Gladiae was obviously part of uh, the continent Arkansas, um, which they essentially worked against magic users. The Knights of Gladiae did; they kind of uh, spearheaded the war. Um, everybody kind of followed that. Uh, that theocracy and now with magic coming back those users who have been alive for over a hundred years they're starting to gain their power back so the ones that are in slavery right now the ones that are enslaved by um arkansas they essentially are gaining their power back they are still basically uh prevented from doing anything because of shackles um they have different non-magical uh shackles that uh, resist magic so it's not like they can really do anything unless freed but they are however um, still gaining their powers back so if they were to be free they'd have a lot more power um, what kind of repercussions on their body would that have is it going to be like a relief to have that part back or is it going to like kind of wreck them a little bit and like put them out of commission until they're used to having magic back in their body I think there's going to be a lot of strain on muscles and everything because the arcane energy that is flowing through them is flowing with such a such an unusual way, um, considering it's been gone for so long, so their bodies aren't used to it. So a lot of fey folk, a lot of people who have been magical, they lost a lot of their abilities, and over time, their body started to deteriorate because it was so used to the arcane energy. Now... With it essentially coming back, it's going to almost give them muscles again. It's basically like a steroid for uh, magic users. Um, so with with everything coming back, with magic coming back, it's essentially 
it's not for like just new new baby born um creatures that are going to be magical it's the ones who have survived that long or ones that who would have inherited it in general they gain that back obviously wizards they would go to school for it so there's a lot of people in the past hundred years that haven't been able to be schooled on it so a lot of magic is still new however there's a lot of magic that is still coming back it's flowing back from the Feywild um, and Obviously, Arkansas is not happy about it. Uh, we also don't know what caused it to come back. It's just showing up again. So what is it that that is bringing it back? That might be something to kind of keep an eye out for or an ear out for. I really don't care. I just want to find who killed my dad. And maybe it's linked. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I guess you'll find out. Uh, <laughs> do you guys have any others? Uh, culture-wise, okay, in this area, is it necessarily specifically illegal? Like, is it something that the city guards even would be uh, aggressively against and arrest you for? Is it just something that the, the, the Knights of Gladiator have decided is, like, they're against and they're rounding up people? Is it, like, a culture thing, or is it just, like, a the, the main group of people in charge don't like it? So, I'm going to go into a lot of the detail on our next episode of Arkansas. However, I can let you guys obviously know that, yes, it is very, very against the law. Since you guys are starting in Arkansas, you are starting in the continent of Arkansas, in the world of Aorus. Um, Arkansas is such, it's a theocracy of cord, so it's all about strength and power. Now, they're able to obviously, yeah, they're, they're able to work as paladins and um, anybody who has an oath to the deity and they can smite, they can do that kind of stuff, but they are not like they're not allowed to use mage hand, they aren't allowed to do anything like that if they're magic users they are typically shunned and put into a form of slavery to make them strong so that they can join the rest of, of the army. Okay. Um, however, a lot of magic users, like I mentioned before, have lost that arcane energy. A lot of their bodies are giving up on them. So even them, like, building regular muscle, it's not going to be... There might be a lot of, like, warcasters coming back, though, considering they might have gained the muscle and now they're going to get extra muscle. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's essentially the the idea with the, the culture. They're very theocratic, two-chord... So everybody, it's not like a, a higher ruling of like a council of like priests and popes or anything like that. They're actually all warriors. They're all super, super muscular barbarians and fighters. But a lot of them are clearly a little more close-minded when it comes to any type of magic or arcane ability. I have a question about general knowledge. Do, do does the continent of Arkansas or anybody is is it common knowledge in the world of Eros that magic is returning, or has this been like a best kept secret, like uh, kept under wraps by the government, by the Knights of Gladiator? It is definitely kept under uh, kept under the the Knights of Gladiator. They're very very specifically like trying to govern this so that nobody knows especially with magic users who are in slavery because if they get one you know one out there's a lot that 
can happen and there's another that's another mm. chance of a revolt and they don't want that obviously however okay. all magic users feel it there is something deep inside them that's like tickling them and they don't know what it is um it, it's a kind tickle but it's definitely a tickle. Kind of tickle. Mm. It's definitely a tickle, and you can definitely feel something warm inside you building as your magic's starting to return. Ling Ling, point to the doll where the magic is tickling. <laughs> mm, right there. <laughs> okay, all right. That's that's, that's the that's eyeball. Cool. <laughs> that's acceptable. Wow. It touches me everywhere. <laughs> Do you guys have any other questions on Aorus? Um, just specifically, my character, would he know? Would he be, like, in on this secret, like, as a rising star in, in the Knights of Gladiate? Or is this, like, high-ranking officials? Um, uh, I would I would say the Knights of Gladiate are absolutely um, informed of all of this, as they are more, more so... The first line of defense against yes. these unnatural creatures. You're and welcome, they're, world. They're also the hunters of magic users. So, I mean, there are there are a few in your order. Uh, there are nine knights of Gladiator. There are a few in your order that are very specifically hunters of magic users. So, anybody who is causing a, a miss in Arkansas, they're there. Like they have to be there. They have to go after them. It's the rule for them. There are only nine. There are only nine of them. I was imagining this like a big order. Like, I could... I'm pretty sure I could defeat all of these people in one day. Oh, wouldn't that be <laughs> wonderful? Uh, but you gotta watch out for the first place, uh, the Lance, as oh. Gorham was talking about. He is, uh... He's not the head of the order. None of them... None of them are essential... They're all basically the same level of... of, uh... leadership. However... There is one that they tend to look toward more, and that is Sir Grimsby. Okay. All right. So yeah, he is. He is the well. He was the original blade. Now is he is the helm because that is one of that is the one fight that he lost um, was against Sir Gorham. Wow. Yeah, when I graduated the academy, they uh, had me face off mano a mano with the best sword fighter in all of our Kansas, Sir Grimsby. But, you know, I, I did what I had to do, and I got the position. That's no problem for Sir Grimsby, because he's pretty much great at everything, so he just took the helm position and kicked that guy's ass, you know. It's kind of, I guess that's just how things go. Pretty much. That is it for our intro episode. You can go right over and check out our first episode now if you'd like. And a huge thank you to all of you for listening and supporting us. We really, really do appreciate it. Check out our Instagram and Facebook, at Half Class Podcast. Our Twitter, at Half Class Pod. And if you go to our website, Preneur Productions, you can gain access to all of our episodes as well as keep up with our social media. Again, that's Preneur Productions, like Entrepreneur. And you can keep up with us. Thank you again. It has been a pleasure to DM and much love. This has been Acre. I'm out. Peace.